being thanked, Hewson said no more. But he and every person that served Lord Thelby knew that their noble master carefully observed the needs of his staff, and saw that they were attended to in the most unobtrusive way possible. The cook may have packed the basket, but the earl would have ordered it to be done. After the footman had left, the earl remained looking down into the flames. Lily, who was never far from his side, trotted over to where he was standing and lay down next to him, her head on her front paws. His lordship was still standing in the same place when the footman returned with claret on a tray. "'Jenks was tying up one of the climbing plants, my lord,' he said, as he set his burden down on a small table. "'Is he coming in?' "'I believe so, my lord. Not without a protest, I'll warrant.' Uh, "'No, don't pour for me. I'll do it myself.' The earl grinned as he poured himself a glass of the rich red wine. He could well imagine the conversation between Jenks, the gardener, and the unlucky soul, who had been given the task of summoning him inside. "'I've known Master Victor since before he was ever breached,' he would have said quite unimpressed by his employer's rank. If he thinks he's going to tell me when I should and shouldn't tie up them roses, then he's got another think coming. Jenks was only one of many servants who had known the Earl throughout his life. Victor William Carey Scott, 6th Baron Northborough, 4th Earl of Thirlby, had been born in this very house just over thirty-four years ago. He had not been destined to be the Earl, being the younger of the two sons, born to the third Earl and his countess. There were no other children, and there had been ten full years between the two boys. Victor, still only a baby when his brother had gone off to Eton, had hardly known him in adult life. A tragic riding accident to the third Earl's son and heir had brought about Victor's elevation, first to the position of Viscount Croyland, then upon his father's death to the earldom itself. A novelist, he supposed, would have made some piece of drama of that. The gallant older brother, handsome, popular with the ladies, clearly made to occupy a seat in the House of Lords, is sadly cut off in the flower of his manhood, left to take his place as the less dashing younger son, not so dark, not so handsome, and not so popular. No doubt, too, this fictitious younger son would ingloriously rejoice over the death of his sibling. The truth was far less exciting. The death of Alan had been deeply grieved by all. But his father, although much distressed at Alan's death, had never doubted his younger son's abilities. As the third earl had lain dying, Victor had been summoned to his bedchamber to make his last farewells. "'God bless you and keep you, my boy,' the dying man had said. "'You'll do your duty. You'll look after your mother. You'll care for our people.' It hadn't been a request for some kind of reassurance. It had been spoken with confidence, a comforting thought for the old earl to dwell upon in his last earthly moments. He'd had no doubt that his son would indeed do his duty, that the heavy charge of the earldom— with all its responsibilities, together with its privileges, would be safe in this young man's hands. For the ten years that had followed his father's death, 
Victor had faithfully fulfilled the charge laid upon him, and for the most part his duty was also his pleasure. He loved this place, every bit of it, from the furthest field to the most sheltered flower-beds next to the south wall, from the huge ballroom, used only very rarely for great functions, to the schoolroom on the upper floor, where he had first learned his letters. He acknowledged that he was unusual amongst men of his class, infinitely preferring country life to town pursuits. He liked the company of his neighbours, finding it as easy to chat with the local farmers and professional men as with the Earl of Burley, his near neighbour. Looking round at the oak-panel library, surrounded by the smell of books and leather, he felt at home and at ease with himself. Needless to say, he had thought more than once that he ought to take a wife. He was not by any means...